Each and every week we gather to bask in its glow. Information, picture, and sound beamed through the night skies. Destination, our living rooms. As the screen sparks to life, the outside world dims, transporting us for 60 minutes into parallel dimensions. This is the modern campfire, where legends are born and sagas unfold. Where some find only entertainment, we find religion. And now you've found us. And so we invite you too to join us as part of the Cult of the Cathode Ray. Welcome back, everyone. It is Cult of the Cathode Ray, and we are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 2 of The Walking Dead. And it is Bloodletting is the title of this episode. And I am here with my favorite co-host in the whole world. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing great, Renee, who I don't think you introduced yourself, but... Um, yeah, that's fine. You're Renee. I'm Zach. Everyone knows this. But most importantly, Carl's dead. So that's the only thing we should be focusing on right now. <laughs> oh, God. I think so. I actually, I should have probably watched this episode before we sat down and talked about it. But I'm 90% sure Carl's dead. Yeah. And actually, really, this whole episode is just ghosts from when everyone died at the end of season one. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's just ghosts and zombies. What, what it's a new could show. have been, yeah. So, yeah, this episode uh, aired back in October of 2011. It was written by Glenn Mazzara. Only thing I really know about this fella, I know he's had other credits to his name, but he has done some writing for The Walking Dead. He, dire- I'm sorry, I believe he wrote Wildfire from season one. And this episode was directed by, dun-dun-dun, Ernest Dickerson, who... We just spoke about previously in, uh, I believe, the previous two episodes, a little yeah. mini-sode we did, uh, introducing, uh, bringing us into season two, and then the uh, previous episode, which was uh, episode one of season two. Any Anything you want to mention about this fella? I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's a, uh, uh, every time we mention him, I got to say, he's, he's a bit of a legend. All of his, his credits, you know, look, this guy started as a cinematographer. He worked with Spike Lee. He shot the first couple episodes of Law and Order. I mean, this guy's mm. kind of done it all. So I think that yeah. uh, I think that anything I let's let, let's just put it this way: anything I, negative I have to say about any of these episodes that he directed have nothing to do with his direction. How about that? I love it. And now you know what? It's interesting you mentioned Law and Order because you know who's on Law and Order now. Oh, I actually don't. Wait, well, I thought Law and Order got canceled a long time ago, but well, which one? <laughs> There's like so the many. main line. The, There's the, so many of know, them now. The OG, uh, OG Law and Order. Now this would be Law and Order SVU. Oh, uh, Ice T. That would be right. And, nice. And there just happens to oh. be a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. That you actually, and I just watched recently. Uh, oh, nice. You happen to tell me about. So I actually haven't. I have actually have not seen that movie in probably like 15 years. So. Oh my gosh. I, now well, I gotta go. I am, yeah. I'm fairly sure that we might have to discuss it at some point. Um, we might have to. Yeah. Or, of course, yeah, we're, of course, talking about the uh, immortal, is it 1994, Surviving the Game? I think Starring, it is 94. Was it Gary Busey? Oh, yeah. Ice-T. Uh, who else is in there? Dennis Hopper. Dennis. Wait, no, Dennis Hopper's not in there. What? Wasn't it Dennis Hopper? You're No. <laughs> it's not Dennis Hopper, is who it? Who am I thinking of? Hold on. Like I said it. it. Like it's I said somebody. It. Hold on. Like I said, I have not seen that movie in 15 years. <laughs> so hold on. Now I got to go look. 
was someone. No, wasn't it? Uh, oh man, I don't even remember. I'm totally blinking. I'm gonna look what it up real quick. What was that movie called again? You, you, you keep talking, and uh, I'll. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't do stall. it. Stall. Stall for. I can't edit this stall. out. Stall for hey, time. Everybody. Uh, Rucker um, Hauer. Rucker Hauer and F. Murray Abraham. Rucker Hauer. That was yeah. Dennis. Dennis Hopper. Rucker Hauer. Oh, Same that's difference. Yeah, they're. Yeah, you know, and Charles S. Dutton. So yeah, strong cast. <laughs> Strong very, cast. It had a very and, uh, strong cast. Yeah. A, oh, a, my a modern. Oh, yeah. And, and John C. McGinley. John C. McGinley is in there as well. No, it's a, yes. it's a, a modern day retelling of the most dangerous game with uh, Ice T as the most dangerous game. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Delight. Delight. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, Mr. Ernest Dickerson, uh, once again. And this one had uh, 6.7 million viewers. Yeah, which is. Uh, as we talked about last time, the season finale of season one had like six million viewers, and that was like a record for like basic cable prime time at the time. So this is apparently a, a lot of viewers at the time. Yeah, yeah, it did fall off a little bit from the <laughs> from the uh, episode one, which is, I guess, you know, maybe there are some people that just did not care about Carl. Or, or they figured he was dead and he was their favorite character. So they were like, there's no point in watching anymore. That's a good point. They were like, I, well, I'm, this is, I'm over it. This yeah, is I was only watching much. for Carl, so. Yep. I, you made me love this small, weird little child for a whole season, <laughs> and now he's dead. Thanks a lot. It's interesting, that you, actually, about Carl. So this episode opens with another one of our famous flashbacks, and Lori played by Sarah Wayne Cayley's, is waiting. looks like she's waiting outside the school to pick up Carl. And she's talking to one of her, like, mom friends. And kind of funny, they're talking about, you know, Rick. And surprisingly, or not at all surprisingly, Rick has always been just the best, just the best guy. Always mellow and even-tempered and just never gets upset, apparently. And frankly, Lori finds that a wee bit boring. Um, so God only knows what would have happened if things didn't happen. But, you know, whatever. Pure speculation again. So she's sitting there and all of a sudden these cruisers roll around the corner. And it is Shane coming to tell Lori that Rick had been shot. Which is, as everyone is aware at this point, from the very beginning of the walking dead when rick was in the hospital so what i thought was a little bit interesting is when she goes to tell carl which again mom of the century award because she's like let me tell you about your father being shot right in front of the school in front of all of your classmates and it was really kind of interesting because it mirrored the scene from from season one when they were at the camp and everybody kind of came back and it was like Amy was happy that Andrea came back and it was like a little reunion and then Carl was crying and Lori was like consoling him of like don't worry your dad you know blah 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 whatever she was saying to him but it was really it was like a mirror of that it didn't really you know (laughs) I really didn't kind of make any other connection I just thought that it was like pretty much a mirror of that previous clip that we saw any thoughts there uh well first of all is your house on fire or something it or is should i be Absolutely. worried okay it is okay um. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna keep keep pod keep keep recording as they as they put it out i appreciate that yeah i actually uh. want you to know i'm recording this from my phone and i'm driving oh. down the highway 
and oh, I'm perfect. being chased. Um, <laughs> oh, so, that's nice. Yeah, okay, so well, if, if they catch me at some stay point. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned, <laughs> folks. Stay tuned until the end to find out whether Renee is apprehended or, or whether she gets away. Uh, oh, no, it's kind of interesting, though. I, I actually hadn't, uh, hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, so it's an interesting parallel. I, yeah. I didn't have I didn't have one note on that whole scene because yeah I thought it was interesting that like she her friend asks her about like whether she loves Rick anymore and he's yeah. and she says like you know I've been thinking about that and she, I think she says something like I think I do but yeah it's kind of interesting that like she's maybe having she's like admitting to having doubts about this marriage mm-hmm. and that's when it's kind of like interrupted by, and of course, you know, when, when you're having doubts about something like a relationship and then someone gets like injured or something, all of a sudden that can like change kind of the course of the relationship and can, you know, kind of make you feel guilty about having those thoughts in the first place. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It is. But, and at the same time though, it's kind of interesting because her feeling that way makes kind of makes me think that it potentially made it a little bit easier for her to fall into Shane's arms. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, yeah. That's the other thing though. It's like, it's kind of interesting because it's like, okay, she probably, she maybe that was made it easier for her, but that is, does that also make her like feel even guiltier about it? Because it's like when you're, when you're thinking, I mean, not that I've ever been in this situation, but this, this is going to sound very specific, but I'm just, I'm just postulating here, but if you're thinking of leaving something, someone, and then they get hurt or in, you know, whatever, and then you're like, you feel guilty because like you're, you know, I can't, I can't break up with them now because they're in the yeah. hospital. So right. Yeah, yeah. This is kind like, of well. Been, now that you're in a wheelchair, I want you. To yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like now, I'm I the swear dip, I've so. been thinking about this for a while. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. One's rough. yeah. Yeah, I actually wrote I wrote you this letter. Um, I, it was before the accident. I just haven't given it to you until now, so please keep that in mind. Right. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, I thought that was that added a, a very interesting kind of dimension to her character that we uh, we haven't really thought about before. Not that her character has had a lot of dimensions already, so it's kind of kind of nice that they were giving that giving her character kind of a an extra something extra there to to really kind of put into context what she's going through yeah i agree and you know it is again one of those one of those moments when shane was like a, a decent person potentially <laughs> before his before yeah. the mask fell off <laughs> yeah or you know or was he yeah exactly yeah so and then we kind of get into the present which is when old coral had been shot and i've it kind of opened a little bit with, I think it was Otis that is like, oh shit, essentially, and starts yelling. And Otis, incidentally, played by Pruitt Taylor Vince, who is just an outstanding actor. I enjoy him so, so much. I love when I see him in things. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, I'm trying to think. I had a few things off the top of my head. I can't remember it now. Well, he was in, a, I think it was Identity. I, yeah, um, I was gonna say I always remember him, the guy from Identity, which I can't really say more because there's a huge twist there. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. So go watch that, and then um, after you are done listening to this episode. Yeah. So- <laughs> he, he's also he's also in uh, he's in Constantine, which is a kind of a fun movie. It's not a great movie. It's a fun movie. 
But he's also in one of my favorite TV shows of all time. He's in Deadwood. I think he's in a couple episodes of that. Oh, I, I did he's also want to mention. A lot of TV. Yeah, yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. I, I did also want to mention that he was in Oliver Stone's JFK, which oh, yes. uh, also also co-starred one Michael Rooker. So, hmm. yeah, a little connection there. Fascinating, fascinating. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, he's he's got a great range. Uh, just a great actor, and so he is playing the role of of poor sweet Otis, who who didn't mean to shoot Carl. He he was shooting the buck, but some idiot let their damn kid stand right behind a buck. You know, who yeah, who would have that? Some Can't idiot. Imagine. We're not going to name names. Yeah, <coughs> Rick. Um, <laughs> but he was so. the, he was the same idiot who lost someone else's kid last episode. So. <laughs> Someone you should trust less with your kids than me. Yeah. So there is someone out there, I swear. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so Otis is like, go this way. Look for the farm. You Look for Herschel. And so Rick is just booking it. He, he couldn't carry Sophia through the woods because he gets winded. Yeah. But yeah. he can sure as shit pick up Carl. When it's someone run. else's kid. Yeah. Yep. He can take care of Carl all right. So he runs up, and of course, they're just like, well, who the hell is this guy, you know, running up into our property? But luckily, Rick had a smart enough moment to announce himself uh, that he had talked to Otis and brought him there. And then Herschel, uh, oh my goodness, played by Scott Wilson, again, oh my goodness, what an actor, what a guy. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff, but I actually want to call out because the the, the last few things that I've, like, recognized him in, uh, he... <laughs> This is gonna don't don't ask me why I watched this movie recently, but he's in Judge Dredd. The and that's not oh the, the good the good new one. It's the old Sylvester Stallone one. But he's also uh, one of the doctors in The Exorcist Three, which is obviously <gasps> a fantastic film. Yeah, and every time I watch that, I have to be like, it takes me a minute because I'm like, wait a minute, who is that? Uh, and then I kind of recognize him. Oh now it's actually inter- I did not know until I went and looked it up. His first starring role. This guy had been acting forever. His first starring role was actually in 1967 in the adaptation of In Cold Blood. Wow. And yeah, I went back. I actually haven't seen that. I went back and watched like a trailer. It's funny because it's definitely like, uh, you know how sometimes you're like, I, I look at this person young and old and I don't, it's like it's, they're a different person. Yes. But him is just yes. like, I look at him like like young because I think he was like 20 something in that movie. And I'm like, man, yeah, this is definitely the same dude, just like way younger. So but yeah, yes. also, also I want to mention that he has, it's funny because he has kind of the same accent, I guess, in that movie. And apparently he was from uh, Atlanta. So he's like one of the few people in this show. That's probably right. actually He probably has like, he's like all the bad Georgian accents in this show. Like his is one of the few that's actually like legitimate. So I agree. And, you know, it's kind of, it made me think of Terry O'Quinn. Because it's like Terry O'Quinn with hair. Oh, and interesting. Hair. Two different people huh. to me. It's oh, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah it's you like see when like he was the... in The Stepfather, right? I was just oh, yeah. like, yeah. who is that? And then it's like, holy fuck. That's... <laughs> yep. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Give people a wig. They become unrecognizable. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, um boy Herschel and you know at the same time we are introduced to um Herschel's daughter Maggie uh who's played by Lauren Cohen who um most people I'm sure recognize her from the boy um (laughs) which was an outstanding doll movie no I'm just kidding uh 
I mean, you can watch it if you want to. It wasn't, it was, it was ridiculous. You should watch it Um, just for ridiculousness. Uh, Now, Beth was there. She didn't have any lines, but Beth played by Emily Kinney was also there. And I think a few other folks. Um, But yeah, so they basically roll in and Herschel just gets to work like, like an episode of ER. Can can I actually... Can I actually just just real quick? I wanted to call someone else out because I thought it was kind of a little because yeah. some more trivia that no one gives a shit about. But Ooh. you know, it's what I I do best. Yeah. So there's also another character. I don't think he actually has any lines, but Jimmy, the 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 guy there, is played by James Allen McCune. And I went and looked because I wasn't really familiar with him at all. But mm-hmm. uh, I I went and found that he was actually in a in a game. And I know that you're a little bit of a gamer, so maybe you've heard of this one, Days Gone came out a couple of years ago it's uh it's a zombie game so that's the uh that's kind of the connection there it was like a big like uh like i think it was on like ps5 or ps4 and xbox and and stuff but uh yeah so it's a it's a it's a zombie game so that's kind of a fun connection but then i actually this is something i did not realize until i went and looked that game the main character <laughs> it's very very video game character named deacon saint john <laughs> <laughs> which uh Christ. which i thought was funny but i looked uh deacon saint john the the protagonist of this game played by one sam whitwer which is a name that uh yeah you may recognize as uh having worked with mr Darabont before and having shown up in this very series as the zombie in the tank in episode one season one so yeah kind of bringing it all back like i said a bunch of shitty trivia no one cares about but i just had to mention that it all comes back. Yeah, it all, it all comes, comes back, back to zombies. Yeah, it all, it all comes back to the tank. Yeah. Um, wow, that's so really anyways, interesting. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was ER. It was less ER and more like Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, they basically just start kind of getting to work on old Carl. And uh, it. And I guess there must have just kind of maybe been a flashback in a, in a sense, like a, maybe a minor flashback because it kind of goes back to everybody that's – you know, looking for Carl and all that stuff, and of that group. Well, I think that I think it's it, that's at the same time though. It is at the same time, right? Because they heard because, the shot. Yeah, they hear the shot, but yeah. I think it's like they're. Um, oh, I see. I see. Maybe it's like well, he was running to the house. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah, so they kind of go go over to the other group, and they're just kind of doing their own thing. I just remember that at one point, because Daryl was like. It's like, am I the only one who's upset about this? Or something. I forget what happened, but there was another moment of Daryl just being like, oh, you guys no, suck. <laughs> no, no, no. That that was, that was yeah, no, I love that that moment. No, that's when he was, he was trying to comfort Carol because she's like kind of freaking out because it's getting dark again, I think. Mm-hmm. And and she said, and he says, he kind of dro- drops his tough guy act and he says something about like, we got nothing to worry about because we're going to find that little girl. She's going to be fine. And he says, am I the only one Zen around here? Wait, I oh. think that's the line, isn't it? Isn't that that's what I heard that's at least? That's probably what it is. Yeah. Okay. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, <sighs> yeah, I thought was pretty funny because he's got a couple of funny, funny Daryl-isms where he's uh, kind of lets on that he's maybe a little bit smarter than people think he is. Oh my gosh! Yeah, hundred percent. Like just those, yeah, little endearing things that happen. And man, I feel like once again, did Glenn get the short end of the stick? <laughs> Wait, Glenn is still in the show. What? Yeah. I don't know where he went. It's well, it's actually funny though. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to think where he's actually in all this, but is he? Because it's funny because well, they they kind of 
they, they even kind of like touch on that though, because at one point Dale sends him back to the, like down to the farm, right? Or something. Oh, like th- I think this is a little bit later and he's like, Oh, why do I have to go? And, and she, and I think this is like near the end of the episode, yes. but, uh, but yeah, he's like, Oh, why do, why do I have to go? And, and, and they're just like, Oh, well, I can't even remember their, their reasoning, but yeah, it's kind of funny. He gets, he just kept, he keeps being kind of like shoved off to the side. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, I, I, you know, I am, I am, uh, I, I am putting my, uh, my, my prediction hat on though and thinking that he might have some stuff coming up here. So maybe they were, maybe they were just waiting to give him some, some moments. To it a little is bit true. Later. They knew he was going to be maybe, um, sucking know, face a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, taking up a lot of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big distract, big distractions are upcoming. Uh, so yeah so maggie i don't this whole situation is really strange so maggie like (laughs) jumps on a horse and she's like i will get Lori." um i don't know how the hell she knew where to go but she comes rolling up in the woods on this group and something andrea i think was getting chased down by a walker because you know andrea um she has no weaponry. She can't defend she herself. She has no gun. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, ah! And um, I believe it was, which is actually kind of interesting now that I think about it. I um, I believe that Maggie took out that walker with a bat. Was that a bat? Uh, I actually don't remember. I thought I it was. I feel like it yeah. might have been a bat, which is. I, I would, I would agree with that. that. Crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's she's like just kind of is amazing, like you know, just rolling in on a horse and killing a walker, and is like, "Where's Lori?" And she's like, "You know, Rick sent me. Come on!" And like they just jump on the horse and take off, which was that would be so much fun. Um, yeah, yeah. She gets a she gets a pretty heroic introduction here, so she gets to like it's even does. like the whole scene is like in slow motion, and I will say like again. The, it kind of bothers me though that like these walkers keep sneaking up on them because, it, like you know, if you've ever been in the woods, like when I'm hiking in the, I guess that maybe because there are a lot of people around, but like Andrea, like that walker comes up on her, and if I if you've ever been like in the woods, like when I'm in the woods walking around, like I can hear there's like a squirrel scrounging around on the ground for an acorn, I can hear that. So yes. I don't know how you couldn't hear like a a walker is like shambling and probably like moaning. So I don't know. Yeah, and it's so loud. It's so loud. Because, like, and again, just like you said, if people spend any time, like, in the woods, and especially at nighttime, you notice it a lot. Oh, God, yes. You'll hear a giant thing coming at you, and then you look, and it's a field mouse. Yeah. It Like, the tiniest thing can make the craziest amount of noise. There's there's just no way. Yeah, there's just no, like, how did you not? How did you not? (laughs) Yeah. So there there seems to be a lot of convenient walkers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this uh, season convenient. so far yeah like people have released just shit peripheral vision and all sorts of problems i will say one thing though that's going on is is poor uh poor t-dog he got scratched um when the when the horde was coming through and this guy he's just got a nasty infection on his arm um luckily he did not get bit it was just a scratch but they need to fix it and uh I mean, luckily, uh, luckily, Merle's had a couple of run-ins with chlamydia, though apparently. <laughs> so, or what it, was it, chlamydia or gonorrhea? I, yeah, one of the <laughs> two. I think both. it might have been. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, 
Luckily, and apparently he had something else in his bag. Apparently there was a bag of meth in his bag. And incidentally, it was the same color as the meth that was produced by Walter White in AMC's Breaking Bad. Mm. And it has spurred many fan theories that um, they're in the same universe as we have kind of touched on a little bit earlier uh, with the uh, Dodge challenger which i'm going through a complete dodge challenger spiral right now um and that jesse pinkman was merle's dealer oh so oh. a little little baggy of blue math i'll buy that a, and actually uh kirkman came out and they said they actually did put that bag in their incident like i'm sorry um on purpose as an easter egg yeah i like it so yeah so poor t-dog any any uh Again, you know, kind of a little bit I mean, getting a little short end of the stick here, but you know they got to introduce all these people. So yeah, I, I still I still feel like uh, like T Dogs like he it's funny because he does have some screen time in this one, but it's like all him like ranting and like he's in this like fever induced like I don't know he's hallucinating and so yeah I don't know I uh, I'm still still unhappy with the uh, the treatment of T Dog so far I gotta say I could get on board with that. I could definitely get on board with that. He definitely, he deserves better. He deserves better. He does. Justice for T-Dog. Look at everything he's been through. I mean, look, he's, he's had to put up with Andrea for the last few weeks. So. Oh my gosh. If anything, right? I'm just saying. Ugh. Watching all, watching Shane act a fool. Had to deal yeah. with Merle. Oh, boy. Oh God. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That poor yeah. man. Jesus. So, I feel bad. I feel bad for T-Dog. I, uh. I definitely hope he, he pulls through on this one. Jeffrey DeMunn, though, he also, you know, he was kind of helping out trying to <laughs> trying to help poor T-Dog, you know, keep him on the, keep him, you know, coherent as best he can. Um, but again, not a not a whole heck of a lot coming from this guy. Just not a lot of screen time in this episode. Yeah, I mean, again, like their, their whole, their, I think most of their scenes are just spent together and this is just... This is just Dale kind of holding down the fort. And I think this is actually kind of indicative of my problem with this episode, honestly. It's not a terrible episode, but I feel like, if I'm being honest, like, I feel like nothing really happens. Yeah. And this that's, I don't, like, I don't mind a slow burn. Like, we, we talked about, you know, the first episode of the first season is actually a very, very slow episode where there's not really a whole lot of plot. But it feels like we are getting like important character and world information. And then after that, like, you know, season or episode two through episode six is just like plot, 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 things happening, you know. But we still manage to get some of those character moments. So I don't know. This, uh, this episode, like, between them being kind of like at the RV and kind of like, yeah, okay, we're establishing that T Dog's kind of losing it. But yeah. And then, you know, going between them and kind of like, like Rick in the, you know, the house trying to like take care of Carl and just constantly trying to be like, oh, I got to go, go get, you know, all these, all the things that he needs and people trying to convince him not to because uh, he needs his blood, which seems kind of important. So, but I don't know. And all that, like, I, it's kind of weird because like, I feel like there's not a whole lot of plot development, which is sometimes okay for me if we're getting a lot of like cool character development. But I actually don't feel like we get a ton of like really deep character development either. So I don't know. It's kind of kind of a weird episode for me. 
it is very much a weird episode. It's funny because I was kind of thinking the other day, I was like, it's very transitional. And I'm like, I feel like I say yeah. that every time and people are going to make a drinking game out of every time I say transitional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really was. It's like kind of, you know, it was really just a bit of a, just a setup really to the farm situation. It's, uh, you know, the way that they got there a little bit odd. Um but, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. It does a good, you know, pretty decent setup, I think, of um, Herschel, who his, you know, character is. Yeah. Which I, yeah. I do, do love Herschel. I mean. Yeah. I love the I love the fact that he, <laughs> I love the fact that he brings Carl in there. And he's like basically operating him on, a, on him and everything. And then, like, finally, when Lori gets there, she's like, you know, talking about the doing the surgery and he finally kind of you have the they have the scene where he's like, oh yeah, it's it's uh, I'm a vet. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. oh, you're a veteran. It's like, no, I'm a veterinarian. So that's funny. Yeah, I, I, honestly, like I think if anything, this episode is the first one that really shows the weird transition from doing like six really well plotted out kind of uh, not self contained, but the the season itself is self contained and has its own arc and everything. And as we, we mentioned on our like our kickoff episode for this season that like part of what got Frank Darabont fired was he was kind of clashing with the, the network. And one of the things that the network kind of mandated was that they do more episodes. So instead of six, they mm-hmm. mandated like 13 episodes. So it, it almost feels like we're kind of getting so oh, it's very hard to say so far but it's it feels like we're getting like six uh or we're gonna get like six episodes worth of plot in a in 13 episodes which uh you know it's kind of awkward it is it is i can 100 i can definitely see that because they really they could have consolidated this a bit i get, i feel like i have to repeat because people are always like oh well you know you have sometimes it's okay to take it slow and everything it's like again like some of my favorite shows are very slow like i think it shows like I mean, even though, like, uh, you know, The Wire is a good example. Like, that's a great show. And there's all, you know, there are a lot of episodes that are very, very slow. And it's just a lot of dialogue. But mm-hmm. it, it's always kind of like driving you towards something. Whereas, yeah, I don't know. This episode kind of feels like there's a lot of talking and a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of conversing. And uh, it, it's not as succinct as, as the first season felt. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, definitely a lot of things that could have just, happened off camera they could have alluded to later we would have been fine so shane you know he he i guess attempts to have a moment of heroism um so they essentially determine that this unfortunately the bullet is in in multiple fragments and they're gonna have to do some sort of operation and put put him down uh put old carl under so they can do this and uh they need to just get some supplies and so Otis feels extremely responsible and wants to, you know, kind of head up the situation. And, oh boy, for whatever reason, he takes Shane with him because can't take Rick because Rick is about to pass out. And Rick's a blood bag, basically. Essentially, yep. And uh, Shane, I guess that's your next best choice, Shane. I guess so. I mean, I guess, like, this is Shane's opportunity to kind of make good a little bit in terms of like all the shit that he's done and he yes. also gets to like you know i guess i guess kind of make good with lori for you know by by saving or helping to save carl but uh yeah, yeah. i don't know we'll see we'll see whether it pays off 
Yeah, I could definitely see how that could earn you a a lot of, of credit, especially in that situation where you're kind of contributing to something that would save his life. So yeah, yeah I could definitely see the, some the, how that could work in his benefit. So yeah, unfortunately, they just kind of get uh, squared off by walkers in the building. And that's honestly where, that's kind of where the episode ends. And yeah, yeah it's like, I really... <sighs> Gosh, I just, there was really, um, there's no episode first that I could really think of. Um, well, we get, it's, it's a first appearance of a, like a ton of characters. Because I think it's what, six characters that they introduce? Yes, that, that is, is true. That is a big episode first. That is true. Um, although how many of them actually had lines? So that's, that's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess three Herschel, Otis, Maggie had lines. Oh, I, think, uh, I think Patricia had a couple lines. Oh, the wife? Yeah, Otis's, I guess, wife. Yep, that's right. Did Jimmy have any lines? I don't think so. I think he, well, he had the one line where he's like, hi, I'm Jimmy. <laughs> and then Otis was like, shut up, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I don't, think, I don't think him, I don't think him or Beth had any lines. Yeah, so. I know Beth didn't, so. But. Yeah, so yeah, I guess essentially the whole introduction of the farm. Yeah. The farm, as uh, discussed in a earlier episode, Mr. Frank Darabont went out of his way to secure that location. Wouldn't that have been? You imagine you're just—I don't know what time it was. Maybe they were just like sitting down, having some tea and cookies, watching Sports Center. I don't know. Um, and then Frank Darabont rolls up. Well, given the the given the description of the family that lived there. Their first reaction is probably like, who are you? And then he was like, I'm Frank Darabont. And he was like, uh, okay, who's Frank Darabont? So, yeah. Yeah. And now, again, if it happened to me, if it happened to me, yeah, yeah exactly. If it happened to me, I'd be like, yeah. But it uh, d- doesn't sound like the family that lived there would have seen any of his, his previous works. So, yeah. I would be in the situation of like, I wouldn't recognize someone. And I, right, then right. I would probably have that moment where it'd be like, oh, hello, I am Steven Spielberg. And I would be like, <laughs> Where do I know that name? <laughs> Where, Where do, do I, I know that? Yeah. Where like, do I know that name, Steven would, Spielberg? Yeah, like I would just oh. have a total moment of like, I swear I know you from somewhere. Oh. I guess really our episode first, um, you could say this was one of our first uh well, actually, no, I thought about that. I forgot. I was gonna say this was one of our first medical procedures, but Merle cut his hand off. So, you know. That's true. Yeah. There Did, was didn't, that. Yeah, it didn't, didn't actually happen on screen, but... Uh, that yeah. is true. That is true. I, I will say, like, uh, so obviously I was giving this episode some shit. I will say, on a positive note, I actually really like the whole sequence at the end there where they're going to the, the like, the FEMA uh, trailer or whatever at the high school to get the, the stuff. Because yeah. that actually is, like, a very, like talking about all the convenient zombies that are like, okay, how did they not see the, that, that Walker? Or how did, you know, how did they, how did they sneak up on them? But it, it's actually like the, the nighttime stuff is actually pretty scary to me. And the fact that they are, you know, that they're, they're they, they get out of the trailer and then they're like running along the alley and it's like, it's dark and they can't see. And every time they turn the corner, there are more walkers. And it's like, that's actually pretty scary to me. So I'll, I will give this episode that they have a, they have a pretty, a pretty tense horror sequence there at the end. That is true. I, I would agree with that too. It's, it's a little frustrating, right? Cause it was like, no, I don't want to say like, well, the best part of the episode was like the last three minutes, but 
Man, they get they kind of really did save the good stuff for the end. Yeah, that was that was definitely tense, um, and it was good, you know. And I, and I think it was probably smart on their end to have that as a cliffhanger, because if anything else was, it probably would not have been that that uh, exciting. Yeah. Well, you know, gotta gotta leave it on the cliffhanger to to see if Shane and Otis make it. So, boy, oh boy. So the dead. You know, up really up until that point, I don't think we really even encountered any dead. Were there any any noticeable walkers for you? I mean, there was the one that almost killed Andrea. But oh, other, that's right. I yeah, forgot about that other guy. than that, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah, Andrea, what are you gonna do? Yeah, hear? yeah. I mean, again, again, <laughs> I was kind of I was kind of rooting for the walker in that scene. No, um, <laughs> again, kind of establishing the fact that I guess walkers when they're not actively seeking prey. Although it's kind of interesting because like, so we have herds that are kind of moving around trying to find food which we obviously established in the last episode but then there are a bunch of walkers who often i guess just kind of stay like dormant because we've like there are these the walkers at the high school we've seen this before in atlanta so i'm not entirely clear on their like behavior like when when do they decide okay i'm i'm hungry enough i want to clear out of here and they start moving but that's that's my only that's my my comment on walker behavior not so much any any specific walkers. Yeah, the, I just walker behavior. It's very interesting. Can't quite can't quite nail it down. It's difficult yeah. when there's, you know, different universes have their own thing. Not different universe. Well, yeah, I guess different universes. You know what I mean? Like the Romeros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that other stuff. So, yeah, you just kind of sometimes you think you know what they're doing, but then you don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also kind of confusing because I think uh, I think a lot of these shows. Or, you know, a lot of zombie shows and movies kind of have, like, they have rules, but then they kind of break those rules whenever it's convenient for the plot. So, Mm. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily think that this show is always following the exact same rules, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah, some people will change things as they go. If we move to our next segment, the save or sacrifice. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is going to be an interesting one. It really is. This was a tough one. For me, I am going to go with Herschel as my save. Um, okay. I really like Herschel. And I think it was a pretty good introduction for him. He just was introduced as like a decent, reasonable human. And he tried to help and is effectively being helpful. Yeah, so I think it was it was a good... Uh, I think it was a good for introduction and i just i really like herschel i think he's a good egg and so i think i'm gonna give this one to him yeah i i think that's a i think that's a that's a fair assessment and also you know i always say in the end times you always want to make sure you have a doctor because mm. obviously you know it's uh kind of kind of important to have someone who, because you know when you don't have modern medicine or when you can't just go to the emergency room even the small things can be deadly so however if you can't have a doctor i'd say a veterinarian is probably the second best thing to have so i would save herschel just to kind of have him by my side just in, just in case otis popped off again and shot me by mistake no you know? joke i almost would prefer a veterinarian because i feel like they have a bit more <laughs> compassion than real doctors okay. no offense. that's interesting yeah yeah so that's i'm down with the vet and <laughs> you know it's fine <laughs> if they can save like save the horse i'll be fine don't worry about it um yeah so uh how about you who would you save oh no that was my save oh that was, was your save yeah i was oh. agreeing with you 
Awesome. I'm just Wonderful. piggybacking on you. Yeah. I like it. Good choice. Great choice. Excellent selection. Um, <laughs> which is what people tell you in restaurants, which you probably should only believe one third of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sacrifice. This one's a little bit tough. Oh, really? Mine's really easy. Oh, you have a really easy sacrifice? Yeah. Dude, I'd <gasps> sacrifice Carl to move the plot along. Oh. I just my kill the kid. God. Pull the plug. Let's let's move. Let's get off this farm, man. It's probably uh, a little early. Applause <laughs> track. <laughs> it's probably a little early to say that because yeah, we've only been here move. one episode, but Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding move. You have been promoted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, and then, and then you know, Rick and Lori can stop moping around. I'm just saying. Lord Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of, yeah, that's a great, that is such a great, yeah, Carl, yeah, he really did. And then, you know, and now, who's, is anyone looking for Sophia? No. Dick yeah. Coral. Yeah. You know, we actually, we didn't, didn't even, we didn't even talk about Carol a whole lot. And oh, I actually. Carol. <laughs> you know, her. Yeah, no, I actually do. Uh, I got to I got to go back and kind of mention her real quick because I do. Once again, I love Melissa McBride in this. I don't, mm. she, you know, she hasn't been given a ton of like real heavy character stuff yet. But I actually do think that she does a really good performance in this situation because like she's not just like completely like, you know, losing her shit. But the way that she plays it as like. She, you know, she's obviously still trying to be kind of hopeful, but she also has this like fear because she can tell that people are kind of starting to give up hope and she's not. So I think that's a, which is kind of like where you get back to that, that, uh, the scene with Daryl where he's actually kind of stepping in and kind of showing a good side because he's trying to reassure her. So yeah, I would, uh, I don't even remember how I started talking about Carol again. I just I feel like we always shortchange Carol, so I wanted to mention her. No, we did. It's true. And I think because we really did kind of. Oh skip yeah, over Sophia. Because they weren't yeah, looking Sophia. for Sophia. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great point, right? Because imagine you know you're in that situation, and once again, it's like hello, <laughs> like I'm, yeah, like I'm here too. My kid's here too. Like I get you're in in a situation, but my kid could be in the same situation somewhere else. So yeah, that one would be tough. To not go completely like bitch ass on those people, yeah. Which is another reason I appreciate the fact that you know Dale in the last episode let slip that he had uh, he was actually kind of stalling because he had already repaired the RV, but he was kind of making people think that it it was it was going to take a little bit longer because he he kind of understood that as soon as people you know knew they could move on that they would want to so. Yeah. So, gosh, that is an outstanding selection. Gosh, if I were to pick that same choice, I would literally just be copying you because I had not considered that before. But my goodness, what a choice. What a choice. It's easy also, you don't because you don't have to actually sacrifice them. You just have to, you know, just don't do anything. And uh, it's, that's a great another great point. You <laughs> know, saying. shoot, just walk away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Because honestly, I don't think anybody really did anything where I would just be like, "Ugh, let's get rid of that guy." So, yeah, except for Carl. <laughs> yeah, Carl. Well, you know, if he hadn't tried to pet that deer like an idiot. Oh man, freaking Carl! <laughs> I gotta say, Rick's the sort of dad that like would put like if a kid was at the zoo and was wanting to get closer to an animal, he's like the kind of dad that would like lift them over the fence and put them in there. And they'd have to shoot Harambe all over again. So, oh my God, worst dad ever. <laughs> worst dad ever. 
Yeah, he totally would. He definitely would. <laughs> He'd give Carl a gun before he give Andrea one. <laughs> he would, do. Did you have any other thoughts on this episode? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we can get to uh, kind of pr- probably sum it up, but yeah, I don't have anything else specific. Yeah, so I guess we can just move right on into our uh, rantings and rankings. I feel like we've pretty well ranted uh, <laughs> as we kind of have moved along here. Um, but my goodness. Okay, big question. What are we going to rate this on? That's a good question. How about out of out of five bullet fragments that are currently lodged in <laughs> Carl's abdomen? <gasps> I think that actually that works too, out wonderfully because dark? I believe there were like five. I think there were six, but oh, were there yeah. six? Okay. Well, uh, he pulled, but but I think he pulled one out. So now there. Are oh five. great! Out of the yeah. five remaining fragments. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Now I want to play that. What's that game? What uh, this is, operation? This is operation. Now I want but to play Carl. operation. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my think god! Of how many licensed? Think <laughs> of how many licensed products they were. They should have done a Walking Dead operation. It's just Carl. You have to, pull, <laughs> you have to pull the bullet fragments out of him. Oh, my oh god. man! Make if, one of those. If, AM, if AMC is, if anyone from AMC is actually listening to this, give them about two months and you'll see it on the market. No so. joke. All right, and, you are welcome. Yeah. Yeah, oh my well, they'll steal, they'll steal that idea from us just like they stole The Walking Dead from Frank Darabont. Anyways, so yeah, I, 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 did you want me to go first or? Yeah, why don't you go first? Yeah, so yeah, I think, I think, well, I think actually I already kind of summed up my problems with this episode. Again, like, it's not a terrible episode. I just, like, I'm starting to see the cracks. I think that Darabont being someone who likes to tell very kind of self contained or very focused stories. And also the fact that, you know, even if he was going to be able to pull off a longer season of this, the fact that he was let go. And I don't I don't know. From my understanding, he had some involvement in the I guess the first half of the episodes of the season. But I have no idea if they were like written or if they were final, if, if, you know, if after he left, they rewrote stuff or changed stuff around. So who knows, like how heavy his fingerprints actually are in any of these episodes. But either way, I got to say, like, it's just such a jarring kind of change from the first season that was just so kind of focused and succinct and, you know, everything, everything kind of connected and made kind of, you know, the plot was kind of clipping along and it just, it just felt very focused. And this one, this episode itself just feels like we're kind of, we're just kind of making time here. So Mm. I got to say, man, this is a tough one. How, I wish I, I need to go back and like listen to that, that episode on Vatos and see what I I rated that. I think it was really low, and I actually feel bad because I might start rating episodes lower than that. But uh, but yeah, I man, I guess I'm gonna give this one a two point five. I think it's a mm-hmm. it's a fine episode. It's okay, but it's also like yeah, there's just the shortcomings are very evident where you kind of compare it to pretty much any episode of season one so yeah two and a mm. half somehow you know uh he was doing surgery in there and somehow he managed to actually fragment one of the fragments so he only pulled out <laughs> half of it oh that's wonderful yeah oh my gosh that is a, an excellent point um very very good answer very good uh score i think well deserved i am gonna give it a three i think your arguments made me sway a little bit where I was like, yeah, that's a really great point. Um, but I wanted to give them just a little bit of a, because it really was not a whole hell, hell of a lot going on. It was just kind of a, eh, 
you know, big, big old transitional episode. But I appreciated the introduction of Herschel and the family. Honestly, that's really about it. I'm just kind of giving it an extra bump because of that crew kind of coming into the mix. Yeah. So my gosh, I think that, that, uh, I think that wraps it up for us. That would be, uh, nice. yeah. Episode two, season two of the walking dead stand by because we will be cover. Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> stand by because we will be talking about episode three. And as mentioned in a previous episode, we are going to be going to a new bi-weekly release schedule you're welcome. Um, and so, yeah, you will get to hear episode three sooner than later. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, if you're if you're listening to this after it's been released, you can probably go listen to it right now. So Hot find dog. out what happens. Find out what Carl's fate is, which you've probably already watched the episode. So, you know, but still, so we should find out what our opinions are on Carl's fate. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Whether or not we're happy about it, we'll tell you then. <laughs> Yeah, and if, if you want to hear us talk even more, because like as if like two episodes of this a week isn't enough, you can also head on over to another podcast that we do about movies called The Video Store Junkies. You can go to videostorejunkies.com, or you can just look up The Video Store Junkies wherever you get your podcast, probably wherever you got this podcast. And that is a podcast where we talk for hours on end about some of our favorite movies. If you're really into zombies, and that's why you're listening to our Walking Dead content you can go and hear us talk about all of George A. Romero's Living Dead movies because we have six whole episodes about that series up right now. So we can go back to some of our, our back episodes and listen to that. And uh, we also have new episodes dropping every kind of four to six weeks on that podcast. So check it out. Well, thanks, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>